If you're looking for Pokemon style Etsy items, Pokemon Pop figures, and so much more, check out the PokeDepartmentStore.com. That's P-O-K-E-D-E-P-S-T-O-R-E.com for all your Pokemon needs. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What is up, everyone? It's me, the Pokemon Cave, and today is a special day. Today is the one-year anniversary of me switching to Acast, the platform that's been running my podcast for the last year. Uh, prior to Acast, I ran with Anchor FM. Uh, they were pretty good, but I didn't really see any real growth coming from them. Um, in the course of, I believe, a year, give or take, I had just shy of 200 downloads with Anchor FM, uh, whereas now, going into one year with Anchor, or with Acast, sorry, uh, I'm just shy of 5,000 downloads with them alone. That's not including the downloads with Anchor FM. Uh, so I'm incredibly blessed to be with Acast. And I mean, they've treated me really well over the past year. Uh, whenever I have any issues, they're pretty quick to respond to those and get those solved. Um, I mean, it hasn't been the smoothest of rides. I mean, and it never really is. I don't think there is a company out there where 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you're completely impressed with this company. We have had our ups and downs. Um, in fact, I mean, through no fault of their own, they had an issue with Samsung downloads um, where it was some kind of program on Samsung phones in particular that would essentially download your entire library of, of podcast episodes and then basically uninstall those downloads and then reinstall and just do a constant cycle. Uh, so at one point I was seeing like four, five, seven hundred, at one point nine hundred, almost a thousand downloads in a day every single day. And I couldn't figure out what the heck was going on. At first I thought, holy crap, my, my podcast has really taken off somehow. Um... You know, going from, say, on average, 30 to 40 downloads a day to now being almost a 1,000 downloads a day, I thought, holy crap, I'm, I'm not even advertising this that much. I'm not paying anybody to advertise it. Uh, you know, I'm not paying for advertisement spots. And to see this kind of growth all of a sudden, that's really, really awesome. And I thought, okay, well, this is going to generate a massive amount of ad revenue, and this is actually going to pay off for once. Uh, but that was... That didn't happen, <laughs> unfortunately, because because it was a program glitch. Unfortunately, I didn't make any money off of that because it, people weren't actually listening to those thousand downloads. It was basically just a computer program or an app, essentially, uh, downloading and re-downloading and re-downloading. Uh, even now, I mean, so before with the payout minimum, it was $50. Uh, and for some reason, they've bumped it up to $100. So now you have to make $100 in ad revenue before you can do a payout. Uh, do I agree with that? <sighs> no, not necessarily. 
I think there should be some kind of flexible kind of scale when it comes to that. But I mean, that's something that me and my team can talk to uh, regarding with uh, ACAST. Uh, the great thing is being a podcast through ACAST, I do have a team of people that I can speak to. Um, most times they're, they're available around the clock because there's different people in different time zones. So it's, you're more or less likely to get somebody at some point in time during the day or night. Uh, so it kind of works out, especially when I'm on midnights. Um, if I'm at work and I notice that there's an issue, I can shoot them a message and nine times out of 10 within an hour, half hour at, at, at best, um, I actually get a response. So it's kind of cool. But enough about Acast. Let's get into some Pokemon. First up, something that, I mean, still does not, I, I still don't grasp the concept of these. Yes, I have NFTs. Do I fully understand them? Hell no, I don't. Um, Cam McDonald from the Cave Collectibles got me into them through his NFTs through the store. Uh, I, I mean, he could sit there till he's blue in the face explaining this stuff to me. I really don't freaking understand it. All I know is I've got a picture on my phone and apparently it's worth money. Or maybe it's not worth money. I, I don't know. But apparently Pokemon Company wants to get in on the action of NFTs, or at least the bit world, so to speak, or the blockchain world. So, Pokemon on the blockchain. Yeah, that sounds a little weird. We've seen other developers try to bring the video game franchise's monster battling concept to a life in the Web 3, with some serious misfires along the way. But the Pokemon company itself hasn't made any moves yet in that space. However, that could be changing, according to a new job listing. The Pokemon Company, a joint venture between publisher Nintendo and game developers Game Freak and Creatures, posted a listing for a corporate development principle, a role that would advise the company's leadership on strategy and explore new innovations, and the firm is looking for someone who's already entrenched within the Web3 world. Specifically though, the firm is looking for someone with deep knowledge and understanding of Web3, including blockchain technologies and NFT and or metaverse, as they put it. But it wants someone who's already immersed in the space, asking for applicants that are deeply connected to the network of, of investors and entrepreneurs in the technology sectors above Web3 and the metaverse. The listing does not give a clear sense of potential moves that the Pokemon company could make in the Web3, whether it's NFTs or a blockchain-based game, uh, Decrypt, the publishers of this story, reached out to the company for comment on potential Web3 ambitions, but did not immediately hear back. Broadly, however, the listing points to a role that will help push innovation at the 24-year-old company behind what's been called the world's most valuable entertainment franchise. The corporate development principle will develop an internal innovation challenge for example, and explore potential partnerships with external firms regarding new technologies. Pokemon Company oversees a vast array of games, media, and merchandise spun out of the long-running franchise, including console and mobile games, TV shows and movies, toys and apparel, and other projects and tie-ins. Now, Nintendo itself does not own the Pokemon franchise, although it publishes all the franchise's console video games outside of Japan. Pokemon's Gotta Catch Em All Monster Collector Premise could be an ideal fit for NFT-based games or even collectible digital assets, and in the absence of an official offering, other teams have tried their hand at such a concoction. 
Pixelmon, the most famous unofficial example, sold for $70 million worth of NFTs early last year before revealing artwork that was widely mocked. Even its founder admitted that the art reveal was a horrible mistake. A new leadership team took over last September and launched a revised artwork and a refreshed roadmap in an attempt to salvage the project. In February of 2022, Nintendo President Sean Taro said that the gaming giant sees a great potential in the idea of the metaverse, a more immersive and interactive version of the internet used for gaming, social interactions, work, and more. However, he added that Nintendo is in no rush to create games for the metaverse. Meanwhile, Nantic, the developer of the Smash mobile game Pokemon Go, is leaning into what it calls a real-world metaverse of games based on augmented reality. Nantic has also created a platform that other companies can use for NFT-driven experiences, such as the music metaverse game uh, Anixer from Pixel Nix, a studio co-founded by electronic musician Dead Mall 5. What do you think about that? Do you would you buy a Pokemon NFT? I mean, I'm sure the guys at the Cave Collectibles would probably be buying those up left, right, and center. Um, would I buy them? Man, I, I don't know. I really, really don't know. Uh, it, it's hard to say. I mean, maybe, depending on the price, I, I might buy one. Just to say that I bought one. Uh, but again, I I mean, I don't really understand how the heck these things work. Are they actually worth any money? Or is it just basically giving money to these companies for essentially something that's basically worth nothing? And you're, you're just buying into this smoke show uh I, again I'm, I'm not dissing blockchain or nfts or anything like that i just don't simply understand it uh i mean i was born in the 90s you would think i would understand this new age tech stuff because i'm not that old uh you know i sound like i'm a boomer but i'm really not i i just don't understand so i mean who knows next up we all know about Joy-Con drift, right? It's a famous problem with Nintendo Switch, and it's a pain in the butt. Most people know how to fix it on their own. Some people just opt to send their Joy-Cons into Nintendo and have them repaired or exchanged. Uh, apparently, it's pretty cheap, more so if I guess if you're in the US to just send these things off and have them repaired or replaced. However, somebody found out a way to use Joy-Con Drift to evolve their Pokemon because of the the fact that you have to walk X amount of steps in order to evolve them. So while Joy-Con Drift is a popular issue with Nintendo Switch owners since the console was ever first released, one clever Pokemon Scarlet and Violet fan discovers a way of using their controller error to automate the evolution of one of their Pokemon, Arellor aside from the many other new gameplay features introduced with the Gen 9 games. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet have also brought along many new Pokemon, some of with their own special methods of evolution. Joy-Con Drift, a common problem that affects the standard controllers that come packaged with the Nintendo Switch console, causes the Joy-Cons to act as though they're receiving input from the player even when nothing is touching them. It's a famous flaw with the otherwise solid controllers but the drift typically resulting in player characters moving or looking around in areas seamlessly all on their own, as has been proven by one fan through this automated movement, can prove useful for evolving one of their creatures new to the expansion Pokemon world, and might be beneficial in critical other activities as well. 
A fan on Reddit under the username Crayman001 demonstrated how they used the Drift Under Switch controller to essentially automate the process of evolving their Relor into new games. Many, many fans might be aware of how to evolve Relor in Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, which involves having the Pokemon walk a thousand steps in the overworld using the Let's Go feature before leveling up again. The Let's Go feature actually allows trainers to direct their Pokemon to undertake certain tasks on their own, which includes having them battle other Pokemon automatically, find items in the world to pick up. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Or simply just walk alongside your trainer. Thanks to the player, player character leading their Reller around in a circle automatically due to strict stick drift, sorry. It didn't take long for them to attain the thousand steps necessary for their Pokemon's evolution. Uh, finding methods of automating the player character's movement is nothing new to Pokemon fans, as achieving a certain number of steps has always been necessary for hatching eggs in Pokemon games and developing friendship levels with Pokemon. Of course, the classic rubber band trick also works, which involves looping a rubber band around both controller sticks so that they're pulled inwards enough to constantly move the in-game avatar while the player goes and does something else. This method isn't recommended, though, as it can damage the controllers over lengthy periods of time. This is probably where you get your your uh, stick drift, actually. Still, automating player movement can prove handy in Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, especially for players who are used to hatching obscene numbers of eggs. Actually, playing the game is encouraged rather than letting the game play itself, but for some players... Their old drifting Joy-Cons may prove useful once again. And finally, we all know about the censored Japanese cards from the old TCG sets, right? Well, we're going to touch bases on 12 of them that, uh, I mean, I guess there's good reason why they were banned or censored in this uh, case. Now, this is a content warning. This article will touch on gun violence, Nazis, racist innuendos, and one illustration of a nude miner. Remember, these cards were censored for good reasons. But that being said, number one is Grimer for being a perv, essentially. So it came out in the Rocket game back in 1997, released in Team Rocket in 2000. Due to the unfortunate angle of Grimer's pupils, the sludge Pokemon appears to be looking up at the skirt of the person on the right of the image. This appears to have been an unintentional on the part of the illustrator, uh, <laughs> I mean, I actually have that card. Uh, to avoid endorsing voyeurs, voyeur itchum. Oh my god, I butchered that. Oops. 
Cha uh, TPCI changed the art of the English version of grammar by pointing its eyes forward. All in all, it was a simple fix, but you know, get your mind out of the gutter grammar. Number two, Mag Mortar for banishing a firearm. So it came out in Dragon Blade back in 2012 uh, for the Japanese set. English was Dragon's Exalted back in 2012 as well. The Pokemon company has come a long way since the 90s, but mistakes still happen. The last Pokemon card to receive a different illustration in the English than uh, it did in Japan was Meg Mortar back in 2012. In the original version, Meg Mortar is pointing one of its hand cannons directly at the viewer, apparently threatening to blast one of its famous fireballs. Uh, in general, American audiences are a bit more sensitive about guns than Japanese audiences. This might have something to do with the fact that guns killed over 20,000% more people per capita in the US than in Japan in 2021. But who can say, really? Whatever the reason, TPCI decided to go with a less aggressive illustration for the English version. Number 3, Sabrina's Gengar for being goth punk. So it came out in Japanese for the challenge from the darkness in 1999. Uh, English set was Jim Heroes in 2000. The Japanese version of Sabrina's Gengar is standing in front of a cemetery with tombstones and crosses. The English version removes this already obscured background, leaving Gengar in a sparkly purple void. While less than 2% of the Japanese citizens identify as Christian, Christian symbolism often appears in Japanese pop culture, rarely in ways that are meant to offend, but often in ways that parts of the American Christian tradition might object to. One great example is Saint Young Men, a manga series about Buddha and Jesus sharing an apartment in Tokyo. Rather than Pokey the Pokey the Bear, as they put it, the Pokemon Company decided it was better to avoid any references to Christianity in their cards, so the crosses had to go. Number four and number five are arcade game and card flip game for encouraging children to gamble. Uh, in Japanese, it came out in Gold Silver to a New World uh, back in 2000, and for English, it came out in Neo Genesis back in 2000 as well. So the first four gens of Pokemon games each feature a city in the game corner where players can play mini-games based on casino machines. Naturally, these machines made their way into the Pokemon trading card game as well. Unsurprisingly, many people had mixed feelings about promoting gambling to children. For the English versions of these cards, the Pokemon company elected to zoom in on the game screens and crop out everything that screamed casino in the original art. Number 6 is Sabrina's Gaze for flipping us off came out in Leader Stadium in 1998 for Japanese and Gym Heroes in 2000 for English. This one's pretty subtle because Sabrina's index, ring, and pinky fingers are shorter than her middle finger and slightly more bent. This illustration almost looks like she's making us, giving us an obscene gesture. Personally, I don't see it, but it's a bad look. So for the English version, we got Sabrina throwing a Pokeball instead. Number 7 is Moo Moo Milk for reminding us where milk comes from. <laughs> Japanese, it came out in Gold Silver to a New World in 2000. English, it was Neo Genesis in 2000. Whether or not you find the original art for Moo Moo Milk offensive, you can't deny that it's weird. The art depicts a farmer feeding a scented through some sort of cow-themed water skin or milk skin, and the scented is happily sucking on one of those containers or teats. Uh, Tomokatsu's colorful, slightly deformed art often pushes the boundaries on what you'd expect for a Pokemon card. But this illustration might have gone a little too far. For the English version of Moo Moo Milk, 
The Pokemon Company went with another illustration that communicates where milk comes from in a slightly less graphic way. Number 8 is Koga's Ninja Trick for having a symbol that appropriated by the fascists. For Japanese, it came out from, uh, came with Challenge from the Darkness in 99. English, it was Jim Heroes 2000. This doesn't come close to topping the list of crimes committed by Nazis in the 20th century, but while they were murdering millions of people, they also or appropriated a whole bunch of cultural symbols and tainted them by association. One of those was the swastika, which was, or which has a long history of countless religious and cultures, including Japanese Buddhism, where it has been used both as a symbol for Buddhism in general and as a multi-purpose decorative motif, which is how we got a left-facing swastika in the card Koga's Ninja Trick. Obviously, this wasn't okay for an English-language card, so the Pokemon Company simply covered the swastika with another symbol. Number 9 is Misty's Tears, for obvious reasons. It came out in Challenge from the Darkness in 99 and Gym Heroes in 2000. This one should require no explanation. In the Japanese version of Misty's Tears, Misty is depicted holding her famous Staryu while nude and crying, just naked. Crying 10-year-old girl on a trading card for children. Yikes. While well, I then tried to salvage the art in some way, the Pokemon Company got artist Ken to draw a totally different picture of Misty crying while Squirtle tries to catch her tears. Number 10 and all the way to number 12 is Jinx for probably being a racist Pokemon. Japanese, it was the expansion pack for 96. English, it was base set, base set two and legendary collection in 99. Uh, for the, for another one, it was for the Japanese, it was the Yama, Yamabaki? City Gym back in 99 and for the English it was Gym Heroes 2000 and then finally for the Japanese it was the Challenge from the Darkness in 99 and English Gym Challenge in 2000. So why does Jinx look like whatever that is? Well nobody outside of Pokemon knows for sure but it's not great that her design borrows so many elements used to carry capture black people in American and Japanese animation. Like bugged out eyes, exaggerated lips, obsessive or obsession with dance, and a dangerous yet unappealing sexuality. The Pokemon's original design also completely black skin, which supported the <laughs> argument that Jinx was a racial. Uh, and led cultural critic Carol Boston Weatherford to write an essay condemning the design. In response to critics like Weatherford's, the Pokemon Company changed Jinx's skin from matte black to purple across the whole franchise. When Japanese cards featured black Jinx were released in, U in the US, the art was updated to match her new design. Which is actually quite interesting because uh, I believe it's Crave, uh, or I guess HBO Max for, for you Americans. Um, when you, they put the Pokemon anime on there. I touched on this before, but they, they started with season two, which really pisses me off. If you're going to start with the Pokemon anime, you need to start with season one. Why start with season two? Hog with my mind. But they started with season two, and in the opening credits of season two, they still have blackface Jinx, which is very, very interesting. You would, uh, considering this is a re-release, right? You know, Crave, this isn't brand new episodes this is from the early stages of the pokemon anime so you would think that 
Crave would have gotten Pokemon to change that before releasing it on Crave. Um, but they didn't. I haven't actually seen an episode yet with Jinx in it. We haven't gotten that far in season two with, um, with my kids. We've been kind of busy watching The Last of Us and a bunch of other shows. Um, but I, I'm surprised, or I'm I'm wondering if it's still Blackface Jinx in the episodes, or if they changed it in the episodes but forgot to change it in the opening credits. Uh, but on that note, I say thank you for an amazing year uh, on ACAST. It's been great. I can't wait to see what the next year is going to hold for me. And thank you everyone who has listened over the past year um, and beyond back when I was on Anchor FM. I will see you guys next week. New episode coming out Monday. Uh, and I mean, it's going to have, hopefully, the guys from the Cape Collectibles are going to be here. That's, you know, a soft, hopefully, but hopefully they will be here. So we'll sit down with them, talk about God knows what, and probably have a good time. Until then, I'll see you later. Take care. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.